There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to you all, Hi-Fi Radio. Yes, a show about money, a show about music, and a show to have some fun early in the morning. We've got a great lineup for you yet again. Thanks to our producer, Jack Hartle, for the lineup. we got Santa Claus, Mac Young, a man who used to collect a lot of toys for Salvation Army, a wonderful, wonderful cause. Uh, we, of course, are then going to talk to uh, well, Kelly Cotrera's weed man. We call him Bruce Litton, CEO of Canopy Growth. We're going to learn a little bit more about hemp and CBDs uh, and potential date for legalization. I hear it may not be on Cannabis Day after all. We're then going to go down to New York, talk to Tony Dwyer, get a year-end wrap and a look to 2018 strategy, strategy, strategy. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So we're going to help you with your plan. And we're going to end it off with some stocking stockers. Rick Davis, our software analyst, uh, some great, great names he came up with this year. And well, those who followed uh, Rick's Work made themselves a lot of money. He was certainly on top of the likes of Salesforce, a powerhouse of a stock, uh, Adobe, and just so many more good software names. But let's take a trip back down to Main Street to start with um, Mac Young, a retired investment advisor, a man who I met at one of the big six banks. We're not going to mention names, are we, Mac? No, sir. No, sir. So, anyways, well, welcome to the show, Mac. And uh, you know, you, you've you've been a man of philanthropy, shall I say? When I first met you, uh, you your 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 desk was full of toys. You 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 were running. Uh, they ragged. were all stolen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, please tell us a little bit about the work that you did do for the Salvation Army. Well, uh, in a nutshell, uh, it started in 1973. I was a junior, junior. I was required to take some money up to Eaton's and buy toys mm-hmm. uh, for the Salvation Tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that year it must have been very busy because no one put in on the trees and they passed the hat around. Uh, so I, the stock market, that was a tough year for the stock market, wasn't it, Mac? And I was in the business. That's right. Do you remember? What it was going on? Yeah, in 73. No I, toys under the I tree. I can't remember it was a tough my market. Name, <laughs> let alone 1973. That's okay, you're retired now. So, uh, so yeah. So you went to Eaton Center, you got some, nothing uh, on the tree. got some toys, we did that. The next year, I went to the junction. People gave me cash this time, and I went to try and find discounted toys and buy inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it for 43 years. Mm-hmm. We probably, our best years, we were given between forty dollars and $60,000, which would mean that we'd bought retail between one hundred and eighty and 225000 so you you, you 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 bought the toys. You you raise money, oh, I, I, and, and then the, then you use your salesmanship skills and negotiating skills. Various uh, people and a club in your hand and your, mm-hmm. ran things for me. I didn't raise all the money, but some very generous people. I got to speak to the board of directors every year and give a toy report. A toy report. And uh, yes, did, 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 I told you, them Bruce if giving... they gave me X <laughs> amount of money, what sort of discount they were going to get. It was generally between fifty and seventy percent. I got checks from individuals for $5. I got checks for $2,500. I gave you and five. And it was ongoing. And the one year, the largest, second largest donor wanted to be the largest donor. And he said, tell me how much the biggest check is and I'll double it. Isn't that something and else? And I said I wouldn't do it. And it turned out that it was a mailboy <laughs> in the mailroom. His mother had died. 
he had gotten some money and he gave me a check for $2,500 for toys. And that probably represented a large part of his wealth. Isn't that And something? I said, are you sure you want to do this? He said, I wanted to do it for my mother. Mm-hmm. And that's the joy that I've had in doing toys like this for years and years for kids. In, in the peak of your, your, your uh, uh, toy drive, uh, <laughs> what was the retail value of, of all the toys that you were able to purchase? Well, uh, between two and three hundred thousand dollars a year, single single handedly. No, there was people that they. I was allowed to go in. And well, I saw Mary, Mary your wife and your kids and, helped but out a lot. Bond desk raised money in lucky draws, elimination draws where they gambled, uh, and the stock desk gave me checks, and it, it was across the board. I was offered money from the trust fund of the bank. And I said I wouldn't take it because it had to come from the employees, and it all came from the employees. Well, look, the Salvation Army supports over 100,000 people each year in the GTA alone, Max, so you certainly uh, did perform a wonderful service. Uh, but then after these toys were collected, how did they end up in the hands of the uh, recipients? Uh, it w- went to a toy center at the Salvation Army, and what people don't realize that you can't, all the toys that you see around can't be distributed in the last three days. It's humanly impossible. Of course. So people, we had to have toys from the beginning of December and late November when people were brought in. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me something, is this toy drive still going on right now? Because you're retired, obviously, so has uh, anyone picked up, no, picked up uh, the legacy? Within the firm, we couldn't do that <laughs> because the tax people wanted to know about what was this account. Of course they did. The tax uh, And it was shut down about three or four years ago, but you got your... Uh, Chum Toy Drive, you got uh, City TV, and it's all going to toy centers, the kids that are deserving and need it. Yeah, absolutely, Mac. Look, we want you to hang around. We're going to talk to Bruce Litton next, uh, uh, CEO of Canopy Growth. Uh, But uh, we want to weave through uh, charitable giving throughout the show here, Mac, because this is the Christmas special on Hi-Fi Radio. So please, folks, stay tuned. More to come. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good morning. Hi-Fi Radio here. Yeah, I should be waking up, shouldn't I? That song puts us to sleep, but it's such a beautiful Christmas carol. Did you know that Canadians will purchase about 4 million whole turkeys for Christmas this year, according to Reader's Digest? So if you don't have your turkey, uh-oh, you may not find one. Anyways, hemp, marijuana, cannabis, medical, recreational, Perhaps 2018, Bruce, it uh, shall be legal. That said, I've heard on the streets, actually from uh, from the West, uh, the police chiefs are putting some pressure on uh, our prime minister that uh, they will not be prepared for the 1st of July, suggest that it's too premature uh, and that they should perhaps kick the uh, legalization down the road. Uh, but you're, you're a man with boots on the ground. Uh, if anyone knows when it's going to become legal, I would think you'd have a pretty good indication uh, based on your peeps that you deal with on an ongoing basis. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're watching. And you know what it seems to be about? This is remarkable. It seems to be all about the money. And so everybody needs more money to do the job ahead is the answer. But uh, if you look at it, really, um, they're policing it right now. There are people buying $9 billion probably worth of cannabis and they're driving. So they're policing. Uh, so, so medical right now, is medical is about $9 billion? 
Somewhere. It depends uh, which banker you believe. It's somewhere between 8 and $9 billion. Wow. And it, 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 staying on that topic, it, when recreational, uh, when it becomes legal, uh, what's the estimated gross revenue um, at retail? They're looking at about uh, 10 bucks a gram at the, uh, at the retail level. And yeah. they're, they're thinking we're going to push the black market over the next five years. Right. And so the estimated size of the black market? About $8 billion right now. That's the black market. The black market. And so then you basically double it with, with uh, med- medical, and you, you got a market that's about $18 billion in size. Yeah, it's, it's um, how big it is is a big debate, but it is a, um, a substantial market. And so I think you saw the provinces said we won't be ready until they found out they were getting more than 50% of the revenue. Yeah, it sounds like um, the feds are actually going to give them a little more than they expected, and that's a, that's right. a good thing because they incur a lot of the costs associated with, like you said, policing. Yeah, but uh, you, you know, my take on that, Jack, is again, government, again, I don't care what coffer goes into, if it goes provincial, federal, municipal, uh, they're going to get what they're going to get, and they have to price according to knock the black market right. out of business. But you know, what I want to uh, get back to now here is, is because uh, last time we spoke to about this here, uh, uh, marijuana, i.e. the female plant, uh, evil woman, as Jack calls her, <laughs> versus the male plant, which is quite benign, uh, hemp. Um, wow. uh, whatever happened to the hemp market? Moses Neimer, uh, which is which, you know famous Torontonian, was, was so ahead of the curve with his company, uh, I think about 25 years ago, he wanted to legalize hemp uh, for the industrial applications of that fantastic plant, uh, which is the male plant, which we don't smoke. Well, it's, uh, there are different plants, too. So like there are hemp plants that when you see them in a field, there's a, a facility we have up north of Barrie. And we grow hemp in the field, and it looks a lot like marijuana, except it's a lot taller. And you harvest it with a combine. And what you can get out of it is, um, you know, you go to Costco, and there are bags of hemp seed. And so it has a high-protein seed. But what it also has the ability is you can put that material through a, an extractor. So think of it as a high-pressure technical system, which extracts an active ingredient called CBD. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, when we sell uh, cannabis medically, we measure two ingredients on the label. Mm-hmm. One is THC, which we associate with the psychoactive effect, and the other is CBD, which is uh, typically associated more with like neurological calming. So it became well known as a topic or a, a, a thing when CNN had a guy named uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta go and do a special on um, a young child who was finding they were having far less uh, seizures when they were using CBD as an active ingredient to minimize that. And so there's been a big debate about uh, because it doesn't cause a psychoactive effect, why can we not in Canada allow it to be field grown as hemp, harvested, and companies to extract that active ingredient so it would be more easily available? Because obviously when you grow um, CBD in a fenced area around a field, it might be one one thousandth of the price per gram of growing it as it is when I grow it inside with THC, other active ingredients like uh, you would find in cannabis. Mm-hmm. So, so let's go back to CBDs. Uh, the, the main purpose of CBDs is pain management? Well, it, it's one of those things where there's a lot of work being done, but most people would associate it with things like uh, managing the symptoms of epilepsy or Parkinson's. Uh, neuropathic pain, which is the tingling in the hand, seems to have a strong response. And what's occurring in Canada now is as you have substantial companies like Canopy, we are beginning medical trials to see what dosage. Uh, with what combination of CBD and THC, with what other active ingredients or mechanisms of delivery. So think about inhalers or uh, time-release capsules. And so there's going to be, over the next three to five years, a great deal of interesting medical research to say, where is the beginning and the end? Uh, What are the other active ingredients? And how does CBD 
become part of it, maybe a Parkinson's medical treatment regime. No, but what, what, what about, uh, again, marijuana competing with opioids? Is, is, is there a fight there? Is it, is it a fair match between the two or not? I, I think opioid and cannabinoid. So cannabinoids are the active ingredients in cannabis. And so, so I, but is that the CBDs? No, that's combinations of CBD, THC, all the active ingredients. So I okay, think you're okay. going to find over time um, there are going to be markets for both and that they're going to have some overlap and they are going to be competitive. How, how, how is Big Pharma reacting to your competitive threat? Well, I think they're uh, watching now where the, the disruptions first to the people who make alcohol because come sure. next summer, we're going to have cannabis available by the same authorities and it's going to be a choice. You got $100 to spend over a, a, a week or a month. When are you going to spend and what? And then farm is next. Okay, Bruce. We, we want to talk to you. We want to talk to you just a little bit more here about the uh, uh, products and derivatives that we're able to get from this uh, miracle plant, shall we say? Uh, we're gonna pay the man. Hang around. We're gonna be right back. Thank you. Money. Let's take a break. But after Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. Ah, Lemmy, eh? Doing Keith Richards? That's kind of cool. I think quite apropos, shall I say, on Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 in Toronto. Bruce Litton, uh, the president, CEO, founder, and, uh, well... Great guy, shall I say. Broadcast extraordinaire. Kelly Cotrera is a big fan. Never met Kelly. I entered, I had to cross-pollinate Kelly Cotrera with Bruce Litton. <laughs> hey, Bruce? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, cross-strains. Here we come. Uh, so let's go back to date. Um, when do you think our prime minister is going to give us the official date, and what do you think that date will be? Will it happen in right. 2018? Yeah, so um, Parliament has passed the bill, C-45. It's now sitting uh, with the Senate. The Senate is actually called a meeting, I think it's Feb 6th, and it's going to be televised. And uh, I believe it'll actually be watched. And the interesting part is, I'm, I'm sure it's accidental, but it turns out Feb 6th, I believe, if you Google it, is also Bob Marley's birthday. Um, but that could just be <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I think, man. I agree. Um, so Trudeau's what, always thinking. Yeah, so what, <laughs> yeah. I, so, so what I think will happen is that, you know, this will move through the re- uh, approval process, and we'll probably have um, sometime in April or May, everything will be passed. And that'll allow provinces, because right now a province can't order and buy cannabis from me because they're a province. They're not a patient. Once those rules are passed, they'll be able to take inventory in, get their stores organized, get their online shipping organized, get ready. Is there any, is there any pre-orders at all? Any well, expectation of, obviously there's expectation of orders, but any numbers that you're looking at from the provinces? Yeah, so we've signed uh, two provinces now. We have uh, one of the two or three parties that are supplying uh, New Brunswick, so that's about 4,000 kilograms a year for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And in Newfoundland, we're uh, one of the primary suppliers, that's 8,000 kilograms a year for a couple of years. And so you're getting these, but they're not contracts because they can't buy it yet. What they are is committed memorandums of understanding that the day the le- regulations get passed become orders. Expressions of interest. Is, right. right. But they're, they're sort of ties it up. So then what will happen is in May, June, people will be able to get organized, get the product into the right places, to ship it to the right people. And then sometime in the summer, July and August, you'll be able to go to different provinces, to different stores and start making purchases. Um, there was a comment last week or the week before about, uh, you know, it's not July 1st was what Mr. Trudeau said. And we've been saying for a long time that we didn't think it was July 1st either because I think a politician's job is to get reelected. And if they turned Canada Day into Cannabis Day, 
that'd be pretty good with some people, but might not be with everybody. Right. And so I think what you're finding is this is just a normal course rollout. Um, what's going to happen in the back half of 2018 is because you're having me on this show. Kelly has me on her show. BNN, you name it. Everybody has to run something about cannabis because that's the topic people want to hear about, which means there's probably three, four, five million Canadians who want to try it, so they're going to have to buy it. They want to try you, it for the first time, of well, course. Well, I think a lot of them maybe want to try it for the first time in 20 years, or they want to try something that's um, in a format they hadn't had access to before, or that it's certain, or that it's legal. Because, you know, as Canadians, we tend to like to do things which follow the rules. And so when we have a federal government that says we're in charge of how they make it, and provincial governments and how we sell it, a lot of people will say, well... I guess that blesses it, and it makes it valid, and I can do it. You know, you know, it's interesting. Again, Mac Young's in the studio here, and uh, you know, Mac was a pioneer. He didn't know he was a pioneer, but he was a pioneer uh, because back in the I day, I got an axe to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, back in the day, the black market called marijuana tomatoes, right? The, the growers were called they're growing tomatoes, and yet Mac was he, he owned a company called Vegetables, the hothouse growers, which hydroponically grew tomatoes, yeah. which was the precursor really to growing marijuana hydroponically. But I want to ask you, um, do you? Grow hydroponically? Yeah, so um, hydroponically means that even if there's media, it may be peat moss, there's no nutrients for the plants there. So all of our plants grow hydroponically. Like, like I, I said to Max, sorry, sorry. I said to Max, you know, growing a tomato hydroponically is expensive. I can't see that yielding a profit. Ten bucks a gram, I see profit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the tomatoes, what, 99 cents a pound. Well, and, and we're, we're <laughs> we even, a lot of kilos to make up. We're even moving to things called aeroponics. So there's no, there's no soil. There's no peat moss. It's just the roots hanging in the air. You spray the, the liquid on and they grow and do well. And so we do all that. We're, in fact, uh, have several greenhouses across the country. Let's Kip. talk. Let's talk about hemp product. What yep. kind of what, is there any innovative innovation been going on in the hemp business? Yeah. So what I expect because you sorry you, you promised us some hemp lip balm, uh, which yeah, I guess in the I mail. Sent, I sent you the t-shirts. I think I might have forgot the hemp. Are, lip are they balm. hemp t-shirts? Uh, no, they're okay. cotton. Cotton. But, <laughs> come so, on. Uh, oh my gosh. That's we, not like you. We, we don't even want to get into it. But like, if you grow cotton, you basically paid by the government in America to grow it. So it's a really. Uh, I'll call it subsidized industry that probably wouldn't exist if that was not the case. You hear that, Donald? Uh, um, Subsidies. But uh, hemp. What about Boeing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So hemp, but hemp is- Easy, Max. uh, (laughs) You're the next segment. (laughs) Hemp is one of those things that uh, all it takes is the regs to be amended, and all of a sudden we could be leading the planet on the way that you get field-produced CBD. And if we get that, we might be leading the planet in how you do research- and how to turn that into whatever medical ingredients or food products or other things. So I think you're going to find Canada does that, does it in 2018, and it creates a whole bigger platform for this thing that looks like marijuana, but it's hemp. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable because, again, from what I've seen from automotive applications to uh, garments, uh, I had some fantastic garments I bought yeah. actually in Newfoundland yeah. 25 years ago, yeah. uh, to uh, obviously rope, which is what it orig- originated in. Yeah, the British Navy, right? If you came over here back before it was Canada and you had a plot of land and they were near the, the ports, they expected you to grow hemp so they could actually make more rope. Incredible. And so, like, this is uh, one of these things that has, you know, it's, it's basically the most unlucky plant ever. Because it looks like cannabis, it's been treated like cannabis, and therefore it's been under this really uh, tough prohibitionist kind of regime mm-hmm. when it doesn't cause any psychoactive effect, and we're not really sure what it could do because no, you, it's been so I guess so if, you smoked, if you smoked, you just get a Nothing. headache. You get a headache, Nothing. I guess. Right? It, it's, it's a protein. It's a plant, but it's not. it has none of the psychoactive or no material levels of psychoactive ingredient. Well, so, Br- Bruce Litton, Canopy. Weed, Tweed, Weed Man. Uh, your company was originally Tweed when it uh, when it launched. Very, very good name. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I'm sure we're going to have you back on High 
Fi Radio in the new year. No pun intended. The mu- it's all about the music, really, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but your company's done well. Your stock's doing well. And what, your $4 billion plus enterprise, you formed the company, what, six years ago. You're quite the man. And yeah. it's a real pleasure to have you on the air. But we do have to pay the man. And so I want to wish you all the best this season, Bruce. Thank you very much. Have a good green Christmas, man. A pleasure. Stay tuned. More show right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Merry Christmas, Hi-Fi Radio, Wolfgang Klein, your host, producer Jack Hartle in the studio, and it, because this is our Christmas special this Saturday morning, I, I pulled my little girl out of bed, Shivani, good morning. Hello. How are you? Good. Do you like being on the radio with your dad? Yeah. All right. So you can tell Santa Claus what you want, for, and I don't mean Mac Young, because he's in the house as well, the, the uh, big hero for the Salvation Army for the last 40 years, but uh, please tell Santa Claus what would you like for Christmas. Well, I want like a dog, a okay. horse, a cat, a bunny, a bird, a hamster, and... Are you taking and- notes, Wolf? <laughs> where, where are we going to put all these farm animals, Shimani? Well, we're going to build a stable for the horse, we're going to get like a fence for the dog... Uh-huh. Then we're gonna like just get everything else you need. Sounds oh. like a well thought out plan. Wolf. Good, good. Now, Tony Dwyer, are you on the line? I'm on the line. God See, bless you. Yeah, God bless <laughs> me as well. See, Tony, this is why we have you on the line. Li- live from New York, Tony Dwyer, Canico Genuity Strategist. It's because we have to make money as parents here. Need to make some money, Tony. So we are graciously going to have to ask you for your help. Look, good year we had this year, Tony. You were, you know, I don't know about an uber bull, but you certainly were very bullish. And uh, there wasn't that much volatility to shake anyone really out of the market other than perhaps people just want to take some profit or continue to doubt the, the rally. But the year is basically done, Tony. So can you help us with 2018? Is it going to go bust as Bitcoin did this week, or does the bull continue? Well, uh, Wolfie, this last year we, or this last week, we raised our target on the S and P 500 to 3100, which I think is high on the street. Based on you have this global synchronized recovery, you have a good domestic recovery inside the U.S. Commodities are are starting to gain some traction again. And, of course, the tax cut in the U.S. is going to add pretty significantly to the earnings power for the S&P 500. So things, things are likely to be more volatile because the Fed is going to be a little more uncertain. But uh, all in, Wolfie, it looks like a pretty good year to us. Hey, in terms of the, the, the tax cuts that have gone through, uh, Jack put a note on my desk a couple of days ago, and I saw it a few days prior to that. I just wanted to make sure it was correct. And that was that highly indebted American companies who have a lot of interest deductions aren't going to be able to deduct as much interest, so that could actually be adversely affecting their bottom line. Yeah, but that's a, it's a very minor spot, and I, I'm not sure exactly what that component of the law is going to be. Um, but I think that got taken out. A good chunk of it got taken out. So I'm not, i got to recheck that, Wolfie. And uh, what about the Canadian market? You mentioned commodities are starting to get a bit of a lift. Obviously, what, uh, 20% of the Canadian market, or maybe a little bit less now, eh, Mac? But about 20% of the Canadian market's oil, 10% base metals, and, well, eventually 1% marijuana. Uh, so with the uh, movement in commodity prices, do you think Canada's going to get some uh, lift and some tailwind? It should. Uh, it- 
ultimately, when the global economy is doing well, commodity-based currencies and economies do well, and of course that's Canada. It's a little less than it used to be. However, uh, again, we think that this global growth backdrop is going to fundamentally perform well just for any kind of economically sensitive area until the Fed gets a little bit more aggressive. How, how many rate hikes next year by the Fed? We're looking for three to four, uh, Wolfie, and, that, and the reason for that is that, again, the global growth rate is pretty strong. And even with the Fed raising rates, you still have a positively sloped yield curve. And even though it's flattening, credit's doing better and accelerating, and that should lead to better growth. Yeah, we had a survey monkey come into our inbox today. I <laughs> filled it out, and I said three rate hikes. Uh, so Tony says four, eh? And I say three to four. Okay. Don't put words in my mouth, Wolfie. I'll have you, you buy me a stable full animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear that, Giovanni? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Tony, just with the market move this week, it wasn't really, it was kind of ho-hum after the, uh, the, uh, they announced the tax cut and actually um, it went into effect. Um, how much of it's already priced into the market? I think a lot of it, of the sentiment is priced into the market. In other words, it, we knew it was coming for about a week and a half, so it was, and it became clear that it was going to get passed. And then the 21% corporate tax rate came through. So I would say the sentiment side of it is in there, but clearly the money is not all of a sudden looked at and said, "Wow, uh, I can't believe how good these earnings are going to be. I'm going to jump in." That's going to happen over the course of the next six months. But again, I, uh, you have not been able to – when people used to say that it's priced into the market, I don't know how because you only knew it was going to be a 21% corporate tax rate last, this last week. So maybe you could price in, okay, I'm excited because there might be a tax cut. But for the individual company side of it, I don't think it's been priced in at all. So you mentioned that you're high on the street with your target for the S&P 500. Um, are you expecting other strategists around the street to, uh, to start rationing up those uh, targets into the, I guess, end of the new year? Jake, I think they have, um, which yeah. I'm kind of surprised I'm high on the street. I, I'm not looking for anything that crazy. I, I know my earnings number isn't that much different than most. I'm at 155 for next year because of the uh, 21% corporate tax rate. Um, so I think that's pretty much in line with a lot of my counterparts. I, and I'm only using the multiple that the, mar that the market is currently trading at, which is 20 times. So I get a 155 times 20 is a, is a 3,100. I'm kind of surprised I'm high on the street, frankly. Hey, Tony, t t Christmas is a great time in New York. It's, it, it really is. It's one of those... Hold on, Hawafi. Every time is a great time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, you, you got the man in, in America named Donald Trump. Uh, we, we got a prime minister up here. We got to pay him some money. So let us run a few spots. Hang around, Tony. going to ask a few more questions, and then we're going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your week. Just hang around, all right? All right. Sounds good. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. A newborn king to see Our finest gifts we bring I love that song. Good morning. Hi-Fi Radio, Wolfgang Klein in the house, producer Jack Hartle, Mac Young, Santa Claus for the Salvation Army, former Santa Claus, now retired, hung up his sleigh, but the, the dream lives on, and Shivani, my little baby girl. Shivani, you gave us a long list for Christmas. We're going to ask you to drill it down to one item. What's the one item you'd like for Christmas? Uh, and don't forget, Santa's got to bring it. Can I do two? 
No, you can do one. Just say everything. That's the one answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she goes, I wonder, she's going to say a horse. I'm not going to ask her. How <laughs> Santa no, I don't know. Like, I want, like, mostly I want the dog or the horse. The dog or the horse, eh? Like, well, I see, want both. But yeah. usually when people get uh, pets for Christmas, they return them in January. And the Humane Society doesn't tend to like that. Why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good question. Uh, Mac, what do you want for Christmas? A good 2018. That's simple, isn't it? Tony, yourself, uh, give us your wish for the year. Uh, happy, healthy family, buddy. Yeah, man. I, God bless That's you for fine. that there. Jack? Peace of the family, Wolf. And health. Peace in the family. Is there no peace in your house right now? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's, 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 you're lacking, it's, it's crazy, you're, Jack's lacking I'll tell you. <laughs> All right, Tony, let's get sectorial, shall I say here. Uh, there's basically 11 sectors to choose from. Uh, give us your two or three favorite sectors for 2018. And if you have a pan or a short, what sector would that be? Um, we, our favorite uh, sectors are the ones that do the best when you have a flattening yield curve historically, and that would be... Um, that would be the financials, industrials, and information technology, Wolfie. And we would still, uh, for the time being, avoid the bond surrogates, which are those companies that uh, historically just kind of pay a higher dividend yield, and people have been hiding out there looking for um, a little bit better return than the bond market. Yeah, that, 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 that bond surrogate market really has not done a lot. Again, 2017 was a year of risk, and if you didn't take the risk, and again, uh, information technology was the best-performing sector in 2017. So you think the same in 2018? Will that be the, 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 the strongest-performing sector? I think the first half of the year, you know, we'll take it one step at a time. But I think it, I honestly think it'll be pretty much the three sectors I just highlighted. I don't, I would say the banks might act better than uh, industrials or infotech, but I think all three will be in pretty good shape. Yeah. And do you think the, because uh, Jack keeps repeating this to me, and I, I'm glad he does that, but uh, you've said a number of times, do you think the, the rally will be front end loaded? I think it'll be front. I think, uh, you know, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. I think you're going <laughs> to have a, a good front end loaded part of the year, maybe into the spring have a pause kind of that's volatile, feels pretty nasty, refreshes uh, the enthusiasm, and then have a real rip into the end of the year. You know, Jack, so I think it's going to be a real good year with a tough middle. You know, Jack gave me a very good quote uh, this morning, uh, Tony. He said, that what the wise man does in the beginning, the fool does in the end, eh? <laughs> that's very wise. It sure is. Well, but again, though, those, those U.S. banks, they've been okay. We've been long the U.S. banks for five years, but they have not performed probably as well as the Canadian banks. In fact, they haven't. We know that. And so they certainly do, uh, are due their comeuppance, and uh, they're feeling and acting a lot better. Uh, in terms of valuation, trading at book value, uh, dividend yields are increasing, um, and earnings are improving, and balance sheets are improving. So I continue to like those U.S. banks. But I want to well, go now to the, the, regulatory, co- the regulatory backdrop has gotten a lot easier with the Trump administration and the Republican Congress. And also you have, uh, it stands to be the biggest benefit, one of the biggest beneficiaries of the tax cut, corporate tax cut to 21%. Hey, now, Matt, so, yeah. now we have Tony, uh, Mac Young in the studio here. Now, Mac's recently retired. Um, you know, he, he's a shade older than 60. 47 years. 47 years. Um, but so what would you advise, like how does a retired individual enter retirement? Uh, what would be the strategy in, in this environment, this part of the cycle? Uh, overweight cash, maintain the long position in equity, or, or have a normal, you know, 70% in fixed income? I know you're not going to say the latter for sure, Tony. Um, I'm going to leave that between you and the client, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that you one. You don't get out on the limb, eh? Well, you're the expert, and I'm just the market guy. Yeah, but you're a very good market guy, Tony. 
So, Tony, okay. it's Jack here again. Just looking at these uh, t- corporate tax cuts, a lot of them are going to be passed on to the employees of these corporations now. Are you worried about the, uh, wage inflation uh, creeping up in the U.S.? Or is that going to be a Jack, good thing? Wage inflation at this point in the cycle always creeps up, but that's not what really creates the inflationary pressures. That's The companies don't raise their their wages more than their in their revenues going up. So yeah. the only thing that really historically has peaked profit margins is a recession. That only comes when credit shuts down, and we're still a long way away from that. So, you know, it's actually a good thing that you're getting some increase in, in wages. We haven't had it to the degree that uh, many had hoped for throughout the entire cycle. So it's actually a pretty good thing, playing a little bit of catch-up more than it is uh, an acceleration that's inflationary. Hey, Tony, Tony, before we let you go, we have to ask you, because the big themes of the year were up here in Canada, marijuana stocks and, of course, cryptocurrencies. And Bitcoin this week, certainly on Friday, got absolutely annihilated, down over $4,000 at one point. Uh, well, what's, your, what's your take for Bitcoin for 2018? I'm going to go at you. with the way that people that have spent, that are worth billions and spent millions trying to figure it out. Wolfie, I'm going to give you a non-answer because that's all I got. I don't really understand it, so I don't have a real opinion on it. If you really want a great opinion on it, I think you have to go to Michael Graham, who is the um, crypto analyst here in, uh, in yeah, New York. Yeah, no, we've had him on the show a couple the, times. He, yeah, he's, he's written some he's great, great stuff on it. it, it just, what, I, what I pick up with Bitcoin, again, a good friend of mine pointed this out to me, so I have to give Jay McNair credit for that, but he uses it as a barometer for speculation, and of course speculation comes on easy money. So if Bitcoin starts to roll over and they get margin calls, will there be a trickle-down effect into other no. markets? No, it'll be our market. No, there's not enough people in it. It may take away from some of the, you know, the talk around the coffee pots at, at various companies, but um, I, I mean, I've had people, I've had people from mail rooms, vegetable stands, and everywhere else <laughs> ask me what I think of Bitcoin. I gave them the same answer I gave you. The fact that they were so interested in it meant it caught their attention. Yeah. So it may, it may kind of slow down the excitement about a single thing, but I don't think... Uh, too many people actually got in there yet. Yeah, well, I hope not too many people own the tulips. That's all I can say, my good man. Tony Dwyer, Scanacord strategist. You've been on the show umpteen times this uh, year, but truly not enough. We love you, and we want to wish you the greatest uh, Christmas and New Year, my good friend. Thank you to for you, joining Wolfie us. To you, and Jack, and of course your daughter. Give her everything you're going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Tony. Coming up <laughs> next, we're going to keep it with the Canaccord people and talk software and find a few stocking stuffers for you, so stay tuned right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hi-Fi Radio. That song reminds me of watching my little kids up on stage at their Christmas pageants, eh? Giovanni? Wasn't it the boys? It was the boys, but uh, you did it too, didn't you? I don't think I did. All right, Shivani. So uh, you want a whole lot of things for Christmas. Hey, do you, did you know, by the way, Boxing Day gets its name from all that money collected in the church boxes. Money collected, of course, for the poor. Mac used to collect money. That's what we should do, Shivani. We should cancel our Christmas presents and give the money to the poor. What do you think of that idea? We could do both. That's also a good idea, Shivani. Uh, Rick Davis, uh, software analyst with Canaccord Genuity, is on the line. Rick, how are you? Fabulous. How about yourself? Not bad. Thank you. Very kindly. Rick, what city are you in right now? Uh, in Boston. You are in Boston. Did you know that uh, it was illegal to practice Christmas prior to the 1600s in the city of Boston? Did you know that? No, 
I didn't. Well, there you go. A little uh, bit of trivia for you, my good man. I like that. Yeah. I so like my, that. Now, uh, Rick, my daughter wants a whole lot of animals for Christmas, so um, you just keep that in mind as you're giving us some tips here and some ideas, because uh, some of those animals she wants are quite costly. One's a horse. There we go. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're looking for some stocking stuffers, Rick. You cover software, and software is, well, technology has put on a stellar performance again in 2017. When I think of stocking stuffers, I think of stuff that's sort of, you know, Cheap, over, overseen. A hamster. Uh, a hamster, my dog. Yeah, she was like, hamster. We're stuck for the stock exchange, Giovanni. No, you got well, the hamster is like nice and small. Giovanni, no chitty chatting. No chitty chatting. We got Rick on the line here. Sorry, Rick. She wants a hamster. I want a stock <laughs> pick from you, buddy. So we we need a couple of stocking stuffers. Uh, what do you got for us, Rick? 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look. We had a big run in a lot of these stocks, but what's funny is, is we're rerunning what happened last year. So we've had a lot of these stocks pull back as, as we see people move into industrials. Um, but that's a good thing because now we have everything a little bit on sale. So Yeah, a little bit that. is right because it's not a much. Well, it sort of right. happened last year too when they went yeah. on sale. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so look, I mean, I think the, the interesting narrative that people haven't quite thought through or focused on is the – the derivative impact of the U.S. tax law, because everyone's talking about the tax rate, but here's an important point, is that means that these companies to whom the software companies sell are about to get more money in their pocket. And guess what? That means they're going to use some of that money for upgrades and uh, in software. So we think that helps some of the large deal firms. And, you know, quite frankly, I mean, it, it, it's been around a long time, but boy, they have their act together right now. We really like Microsoft here. I think I think the growth is going to accelerate for the next few years. We think the stock could double in five years. Um, you know, the Xbox franchise is rolling out. They're competitive in marketing. They're having a big upgrade cycle in Office 365, and they have, they're the second largest player to Amazon in uh, that cloud computing. So that one, to me, is a, is a nice one. Microsoft, eh? So, if, in fact, if, if you want to give little Johnny 10 shares of Microsoft, uh, are you confident if you bought a piece of a certificate and, and rolled that certificate up and, and put that in the stocking and they could hang out that certificate for five or 10 years, make some money? Would you, would you actually be, can you be that confident oh, yeah. and, and see, yep. look out that far? Yeah. All right, so there's one, Microsoft. Yeah, so we think that works. All right, yeah. give, give us another one. And then... You know, you can't go anywhere nowadays without seeing digital ads. And so the guys that dominate that space is is a firm called Adobe. Now, we might wait a little bit more to let that come back a little bit, but Adobe is, is the, you know, leading by leaps and bounds, the firm that creates digital content. So all the, you know, the TV ads that you see where cars are driving around, that's their cars doing CGI, running around doing stuff. Anything you get on your phone is their stuff. So... So that's the way markets, marketing's going. They're the leader in the space. You know, they're growing 25% a year. Um, I think those guys do well, too. So I know we would yeah, be Jack, nice yeah, Thank you, Jack, and I own that stock. We're, we're along that puppy, so good. Yeah, see, the other one that we own is Autodesk. We bought it on a, a recent pullback. Um, went down yep. quite a bit on, on earnings. Yep. What are your thoughts on that one into the new year? So, yeah, so I think that was a good trade. I mean, it got, you know, like a lot of these things, got a little too far over its skis and took a tumble. Um, but that being said, uh, I was in New York, uh, this week talking to money managers and I'll tell you the, uh, you know, for what it's worth, the ownership profile of Autodesk is probably one of the best that I've seen in a long time. So there's a whole lot of smart money in this thing. Um, and I agree with them. I think, you know, I think this, these guys have positioned themselves well, they're doing a model flip towards cloud. 
um, you know, picking it up on sale. That's how you should buy these things. And so, yeah, we don't have any problems with that. And anything else for the stockings? You know, I mean, I think um, we've talked before about ServiceNow. That's a really super high quality name. So, you know, you're not going to get hurt in that one. It's also run a bit. So maybe you let that one take a breather because it's, uh, for one reason or another, has not corrected. So, what about IBM? You know, you, you know, I know you don't follow IBM. Way. Do you have an opinion on IBM down here? Because it's a dog's of the Dow uh, for 2018. Yeah. No, not very uh, exciting. I don't have an investment. Yeah, I don't have an investment opinion. But I always, you know, get confused or concerned when companies' revenues is declining for multiple quarters. So. I try to stay on the growth side of the Yeah, equation. no, no, totally. I don't like declining revenue. No, 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 no. Increasing revenue. Yeah. Uh, look, Rick Davis, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Hi-Fi Radio. You've been on many times in the As show. As always. And really, we, we want to get you back next year. You're a fantastic analyst. You really, really well, are. And uh, we can't thank you enough of all of your hard efforts. So I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy 2018, my main man. And now back you to Shivani's uh, Christmas gift. Uh, any more animals uh, up your sleeve there, Shivani? Are we animaled out, well, little animals at home? Well, I also might want, like, I think maybe a sheep. You want a sheep? <laughs> 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 I don't know. Good golly. And, like, a goat. Yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to collect some, some of your old toys. Matt, can we give them to you to give to the Salvation Army? Would you do that for us? Sure. All right, that's what we're going to do. I want to wish Jack a Merry Christmas, Jack's family a Merry Christmas, our producer Courtney for doing a good job this uh, morning on Hi-Fi Radio. We shall be back one more time in 2017, and that is next weekend, and we look forward to just that. So wish yourself a great day, great week, and all the best. Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio for the love of money. We'll see you next week.